I hope you, you guys had a great Thanksgiving holiday last week. Uh, now, officially, we are in December, so we can uh, uh, listen to Christmas music and kick off our Christmas series. Uh, uh, and uh, I know this is the end of the, the year, 2020, the last month of the year. And, uh, and I just want to say there are so many things to be thankful of. And, and I hope that you find this time to just, you know, be thankful for uh, what you have and your family, your health and, and everything. We also want to extend our prayers to those who are affected by uh, this pandemic. Uh, I know that we have, uh, we heard a few people was tested positive uh, around our community. Uh, you know, we just want to extend our prayers for, for all of you uh, that you might find health and wholeness in, in Christ. Amen. Uh, I want to share a fascinating story from the Bible about a man who obeyed God fully, even if it, is, it does not make sense and not as exciting as what he was currently doing. And his name uh, uh, is Philip from Acts chapter 8. Would you just open up your Bible in Acts chapter 8? And we're going to read uh, a few verses from Acts chapter 8. And I want to begin reading verse 4 to 8, and then we're going to jump to verse 26. And then I'm going to just give you some context of the story and also finish up with a few thoughts uh, of what is uh, happening here. But before that, let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much again, Lord, that we can still come to serve you, to worship you. Father God, we let us continue to just persevere, to lean in into your presence, and to just find hope during these difficult times only in Christ alone. Jesus, you are the cornerstone of our lives. You are the anchor of our soul. Therefore, we want to declare it, Lord, as we celebrate Christmas, let us find the true meaning of Christmas. And Jesus, you are all in all in our lives. Please speak to us, Father God. Allow us to gain that understanding of who you are and of your character and of, 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 of you and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to read in Acts chapter 8, verse 4 to 8, and it says this, Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice, Come came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was so much joy in that city. So, and then we jump to verse 26. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south of the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, and this is a desert place. Okay? Uh, so Philip was a respected and faithful man who was one of the seven deacons uh, first appointed in the congregation of Christians. The church began in Jerusalem among the Jews, uh, but following the stoning, you know, the, the martyrdom of Stephen, which is one of the apostles, a great persecution rose up against the Christians. And they left Jerusalem in large numbers. So these Christians, these uh, Jews, they left Jerusalem in large numbers, and one of the Christians is Philip's, uh, and Philip's began teaching people about Jesus wherever they went. This man, the good news of Jesus Christ, spread out from Jerusalem to a wider and wider circle of people. And in Acts chapter 8, Philip's find himself in the middle of citywide revival, 
in Samaria with hundreds and maybe thousands of people coming to faith in Christ. It was an exciting moment. You know, uh, I think he built up his reputation too because as you, as you just read in verse 4 to 8, you know, people are listening, people love him, people uh, love his stories, his messages, uh, tons of uh, Thousands and thousands of people came and be healed uh, under his ministry. So this was a very exciting time, right? He built his reputation. I think his fame spread out throughout Samaria. Uh, he was in the middle of this awakening and revival. And then suddenly, suddenly out of nowhere, an angel of the Lord called upon Philip and said, Hey, Philip, leave behind everything. And I want you to go south now. And, and I, take a look, I took a look at the map. The journey between um, Samaria south to Jerusalem is about 65 miles. And then on to Gaza, uh, to the southwestern shore of, of Israel, another 34 miles. So which means that the angel is asking Philips to take a trip down 100 miles. Okay? For, for us today, 100 miles might take us, what, maybe 90 minutes, right? It's quite easy, but during those times... For a journey of about 100 miles, it takes time and commitment to get there, right? And, and to Philip's mind, in, in my mind, okay, this is not Philip's mind, but in my mind, if I were Philip's, I would be thinking, are you serious? I'm in the middle of a citywide revival. Thousands and thousands of people got saved through my ministry. They love me, you know, and, and, and everything is happening. This is so happening. This is so existing. And you want what? You want me to go a hundred miles to a place that there is no one there. In verse 8, he says, this is a desert place. There is emptiness. You know, when the, when the church of God closed down in March, when our church closed down in March, it felt that way to me too, you know. It's like we shut down where the excitement are, where we are coming together, people got saved, people got healed, we come together, there is this uh, excitement, and then suddenly we shut down. And then now, each and every one of you, including myself, are being asked to go to our desert place. Okay? It doesn't make sense. I know. It might not make sense to you. It does, it does not make sense to Philip's. But one thing that I admire about Philip is that even though it does not make sense to him, he obeyed. He obeyed because he understands God has a greater plan no matter where he is taking us. Whether the, 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 the church building is shut down, whether, whether we are not, no longer able to gather in big numbers. But how many of you know that the true meaning of Christmas is not that God come to save the world as a whole, you know, he came and then he, he comprehensively saved the world. No, he loves the world, but he saved the one. And you matter to God. You matter to God. Every one of you matter to God. You are not a statistic. You are not a number. You are not a group of people, but you are the one to God. And he came down to die, to have that ultimate destiny to die for the one, for you. He wins it for you, not only as a group of people uh, when it is exciting, but even when it is less exciting, He came for you, for the one. Amen? No crowds. Philip was standing there, 
Can you imagine thousands and thousands of people, you know, he was maybe preaching in big stage, stages and, you know, his, probably his name is everywhere. Maybe he, Instagram posts like have 250,000 likes or 2 million likes, I don't know. You know, he was, you know, so famous and then suddenly here he was standing in a desert road, nobody was there. No revival, no stage, no music, no lighting, nothing. Just a tumbleweed. You know, crossing over his, his, uh, his, his lake. And then suddenly, listen guys, suddenly a lone chariot came by and he saw it from a distance. And then that chariot saw him too and, he, and the chariot stopped. And then the angel of God spoke to Philip. He said, now approach the chariot. So Philip approached the chariot and he saw a eunuch. A eunuch, this eunuch especially, he is one of the top officials in the Egyptian royal family. Uh, we were told by the Bible that this eunuch, this, of, uh, this man in the chariot, he was like the chief treasurer that managed the, the kingdom's uh, treasure. So he is a very influential man. And there he was sitting, reading, reading a scroll. Okay? And then, uh, and Philip looked over, and probably Philip got a glance of what the scroll looks like. And it turns out that this uh, Egyptian eunuch was reading from the book of Isaiah. He was reading from the book of Isaiah. And so Philip looked over, he looks concerned, you know, the face of this eunuch looks concerned. And Philip, in uh, verse 30, Acts chapter 8, verse 30, it says this, let's, let's read, okay? Because I, it has a very important point that I want to point out to you. In Acts chapter 8, verse 30, it says, So Philip ran to the eunuch and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, the eunuch said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. It was a very profound encounter, a very profound statement. Maybe, listen, listen to all of you tuning in. Maybe there are someone out there making that same statement too. How can I unless someone guides me? There are people hurting out there. There are people seeking for God. There are people maybe right now looking and, and, and reading the Bible. And they are confused. And he says, I wish there will be someone to guide me. Maybe there is one person in our circle, in our community, maybe in your, in your workplace, in your neighborhoods, your neighbors, your family members, maybe your friends. They are just one question away from knowing Jesus. They are just one question away from receiving Jesus. It's just a matter of someone making that guidance. The eunuch probably could not reconcile between his faith towards God's grace and the law of God that prohibit him to enter into the inner court of God because of his condition as a eunuch, right? Probably this eunuch felt helpless and rejected. And that's what uh, Philip understood as he approached this eunuch and trying to understand what was going on. What made him confused? What made him not understand? Let, hold on, hold on, guys. Listen. Let, let's step back first, okay? Let, let me explain to you what is a eunuch or who is a eunuch, okay? Uh, a eunuch, the man in the chariot, is an important official from the distant land of Ethiopia. And this man of Ethiopia had a charge of all the treasure for the queen, a very high-ranking official of the palace. 
And a eunuch is a man whom the king trusted, listen to this, to be the inner circle of the royal family, okay? And to protect the king's family, including the queen, and including the princesses, the daughters of the, uh, the king, the eunuch will have to castrate. He will have to cut out his private part. All of the men says, ouch, right? <laughs> so the, this man is considered a, a dishonored man, is considered disabled man because a part of him was cut off. He was not functioning as a regular man anymore, okay? This unnamed eunuch though, uh, as, as we read from the Bible, he was a God-fearing eunuch though. Even though he was a Gentile, he actually just came back from Jerusalem to worship the God of Israel. So he was wanting to approach, his, he was wanting to know the God of Israel, right? He wanted to understand the religion of Christianity. However, he could not reconcile what is happening in the book of Isaiah because the book of Isaiah said, actually the book of Isaiah that he was reading, he said that the, there will be a Savior coming to save those who believe and, and trust in the Savior. Whoever believes and trusts in the Savior and accept Him as the Savior and Lord, He will be accepted. But yet in Deuteronomy, in the book of law, it says that for, for a pe person like Eunuch with disability, he wasn't invited, he wasn't accepted into the inner court of God. So now he was confused, like, okay, I'm a eunuch. The law of God says in Deuteronomy that I'm not accepted, I'm not invited, I'm not allowed to enter into the presence of God. But yet here in the book of Isaiah, there was a prophecy that says that a Savior is coming. And when you put your trust and believe in this Savior, you will be ac accepted, you will be invited into this relationship no matter what. So how can he reconcile what God had promised in Isaiah versus the law that prohibited him? to have relationship with God. So listen to this, okay? He was also reading in Isaiah 56, in the scroll of Isaiah 56, uh, that talks about eunuchs, actually. Can you imagine how God really cares about each and every one of us, that He even identified the eunuchs, He even specifically speak to the eunuchs too? And listen to this, okay? Let's read together. Isaiah 56, it says this, let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. Okay, this is talking about the Gentiles. This is talking about you and me. And let not the eunuch said, guys, listen, even God identified the eunuchs. God spoke to the, to the needs of the eunuchs and says, behold, I am a dry tree. Verse 4, for thus says the Lord to the eunuchs, who keeps my Sabbath, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. No pun intended. Okay? I want to share a few points to end this sermon based on these characters that that the story was telling about. Okay, number one, let's talk about Philips. Philips is a disciple of God, serving God right in the center of revival, excitement, and potentially fame. But yet his obedience led him to leave behind the bus and spotlight of his ministry and making a journey to a desert road. No one was there. Nobody was watching. 
you know, the media wasn't following him. The Instagram wasn't buzzing. Nothing. He was all alone. But as you and I know, when God directs our steps, nothing is in vain. He will lead us into divine appointment and opportunity to bring healing, salvation, and words of edification to wherever God leads us to. Come on. I want to challenge us as a community. You know, I've seen even when the church is closed, God actually gave me the opportunity for divine encounter, divine uh, experiences with people that sometimes I have no opportunity to meet until the quarantine season. Yeah, I wasn't preaching to a lot of people in the church, but I was able to share Christ with one. And that meant a lot to Jesus. It might not be as exciting as you and I think, but it is very exciting for Jesus when we do that one-on-one encounter with people that especially those that are asking that question, how can I understand? How can I know God unless someone guides me? Philip could say to God, but God, here in Samaria where the actions are, so many people, people like me, you know, with my charismatic speeches, with my healing ministry, and and on and on. What is there for me on that lonely, dusty desert road, right? How many of you know this generation, we always ask that question, what's it for me? And then the eunuch, this Ethiopian man has the position, he has the power, he has the wealth, being a high-ranking official in the royal family, But yet we know that this man is a religious man. He was seeking for God despite of his disability. Religion separated him from being accepted and even prohibited him to enter into the inner sanctuary of God's presence. Maybe there are some of you today are like that too. Yeah, financially you are okay. You you are not unemployed. You are working in a very uh, strong company and good position. Maybe your parents or your family are financially okay. But there is something within you that are searching for something that is beyond yourself. I just had an encounter with someone, financially okay, job okay, everything okay. But this person just could not find happiness and joy in the person's life. There is no hope. It's so strange. You know, the way he expressed it to me is like, you have everything. You don't have to worry about what most people worried about. But yet, this person is seeking. How many of you know that there are a lot, a lot of individual, that one person seeking around you, seeking for God, seeking for answers, seeking for uh, healing, seeking for salvation, seeking for relationship, seeking for eternity. There's someone there. There are some of you today who can relate to the story of the eunuchs. You are searching, but you don't understand. You want to be accepted, but your condition or history or lifestyle or background prohibits you from coming to Jesus. Some may think that there are certain rituals in order to earn your way to God. I I believe this eunuch was looking for that rituals, looking for the way to earn that acceptance to God. But as we understand, he did not find it until, until Philips approached him. This is exciting because when Philips approached him, the gospel was shared to the one. 
the gospel was shared to the eunuch. And listen to this, and I'm going to end this very soon. It says, our condition is not the prerequisite of acceptance unto Christ. Receiving salvation through Jesus has nothing to do with works or goodness. Eternal life in heavens come through God's gift of grace. We receive it through faith in Jesus, not as a result of our performance. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. His plan of salvation is not based on a complicated formula. It's not dependent upon being a good person because no one can ever be good enough. Listen to this. Our salvation is based firmly on the atoning death of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the true Christmas story, guys. Philip's helped him see that this prophecy has just been fulfilled in Jesus. This eunuch's belief and is baptized and returns home. That's, that's the, the continuation of the story. They went to look for an oasis in the midst of this desert. And he gave his life to Jesus. He believed Jesus. And he received the gift of grace and salvation through Jesus. And he was baptized. And listen, guys. The ancient church historian Eusebius tells us that this eunuch and his band of servants became the first messenger of the gospel of Africa, establishing the first church in Africa. Philip planted seeds of the gospel in sub-Saharan Africa that we are still harvesting today. God can do more through one simple act of obedience than we can do through our most extravagant plans. Working for God is not about what we can do for God in the world. It's about faithfully doing what God's Spirit leads us to do. We are to place all that we have in God's hands. And as we do, God works miracles. I know, I know. Listen, guys. I know most of us are not going to be sent to Africa. Maybe some of you are not going to be sent to the desert, the sub-Saharan desert. But I believe all of us are called to go to the desert road in our community, in our neighborhood, in our family, come on guys, in our care groups, in our workplace, to bring relevant words, encouragement, hope, and the gospel to them. So I want to encourage us here as, our, as a community of believers, brothers and sisters in this family. Be discernful. Be mindful for God's given opportunities when you encounter with people or situation that you can help. The Christmas season, this Christmas season, come on, let us be, be mindful. Let us be discernful to win the one. We are not here to win the crowd. We are not here to win the thousands, but let us win the one. So today the question is, who is the one that God put in your heart? Come on, let's be honest now and let's be real. Who has God put that name in your heart right now? That one person. Maybe some of you have two, three person. That's fantastic. But today, I want to encourage you, who is that one person that God had put the name in your heart? 
Have you reached out to that person? Have you affirmed that? Have you been obedient to that one that God called? Right? We don't have to be so fancy of wanting to do this stage performance to thousands of people. How about the one? The one. The one. Because one matters to God. Let's take the time now to pray before we partake on the Holy Communion. Maybe I can ask the worship team to come up and just get ready. I want to take the time right now to pray for the name of the one who has been in your heart, in your mind. Maybe God has put it in the beginning of the quarantine season, but you have been pushing it. You've been shying it away because you just don't know what to do. One obedience to the one that God sent will create a miracle that your eyes have never seen, your ear has never heard, your mind can never conceive. Let's take this time, let's bow our heads. Wherever you are at right now, whether you are in your living room, in your bedroom, or maybe you are listening to the recorded message after this, I pray right now, if God puts that one name in your heart, that one person in your heart, let us be obedient, would you? It might not be fancy. Maybe there is nothing in it for you. You will not be famous. You will not get paid. Maybe you will not be acknowledged. Maybe the Instagram, the media will not know. But to the one, your obedience matters a whole lot. Because life is on the line. Dear Lord Jesus, right now, wherever we are, whatever condition that we are in, or whatever stage of our lives and season of our lives, Father God, we know that you can use each and every one to win for the one. Right now, Father God, I pray that you will put the name of that person in our hearts. Put it in our hearts. Put that conviction in our hearts, in our minds. And Father God, I pray that your people in this community, in IFGF Seattle, our community, will be obedient to your call. And will give that opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus to the one that has been sent to you and to me. I pray, Father God, that you will grant us the wisdom because it is not man's words that change a person but the Holy Spirit that works in us and in Him and her will change that person for the glory and salvation of the Lord. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Let's prepare our hearts right now to partake on the Holy Communion. I know there are a lot of challenges for you to partake on the Holy Communion at your own homes and dwelling place. But please, if you have the chance and opportunity, go to your kitchen right now. Pick up a bread and a juice. Let's partake it together. Amen. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord.
Condition is truly not the prerequisite of acceptance into Christ. Receiving salvation through Jesus has nothing to do with good works or goodness. Eternal life in heaven comes through God's gift of grace. We receive it through Christ Jesus in faith, not as a result of our performance and qualification, but if we confess with our mouth and with our heart that Jesus is Lord over our lives, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's leave this thread. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for the gift of salvation. Because there is nothing that we can do. No rituals, no cultures, no religion, Father God, can help us save our eternal destiny. But Jesus for you have laid down your life to die for us and to pay for the payment and penalty of our sin, which is death. Therefore, today, Father God, we can come to you accepted, loved, forgiven because we are saved by your grace. Therefore, today, as we partake on this bread, Father God, I pray for wholeness. I pray for every diseases be healed in the name of Jesus. Every curse is broken. And that we have that relationship with Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord, for your sacrifices on the cross. And let us partake this bread in remembrance of Jesus. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for your blood. For your blood is able to sanctify us as we walk in faith and to grow in you. Yes, we will never be able to be perfect without you, Jesus. For you are perfect, therefore we are perfect. And by your blood, Father God, though our sin is as red as a crimson sin, you can wash it white as snow again. Jesus, by your blood, we are made whole again. And let us drink this cup in remembrance of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for this Sunday service once again. I thank my brothers and sisters that have been relentlessly ministering in and out, Sunday in, Sunday out, through the pandemic, through every season. Father God, I speak blessing to all of our team members that have been serving you in the front line bringing you this message to every home, to every soul. Yeah, sometimes it's not easy to be in an empty room like this serving people. But I want to remind all of us serving in this place. What you do matters to the one. What you do matters to the one. Because Jesus come for the one. And therefore today as we depart from here, 
Father God, I pray for your countenance to shine upon each and every one of us in our community as we go from here out into the community, into the city, to bring the blessing of Jesus Christ to wherever we go, to those personal encounters that we have with those people. Father God, let this be real. Let the love of Jesus be real and the gospel be preached wherever we go. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Guys, have a wonderful Sunday. Please stay tuned for some of the uh, announcements that we are going to have. We're going to have a special presentation coming up December 24th night. Uh, so stay tuned for the further announcement after that. Again, have a wonderful Sunday everyone. God bless you and go Hawks.